Welcome to another episode of the NRL All-Stars Podcast. This is Barnsley, back for the weekly Supercoach episode of the NRL All-Stars Podcast. Round 21 for Supercoach. TLT has dropped. We've seen carnage once again at the end of a Supercoach season. And to go through it all with me tonight, I've got Billy back on board after a couple of weeks off. Billy, welcome back to the All-Stars Podcast, mate. Hopefully it's been a good couple of weeks for you. Oh, better than uh, it has been, mate. <laughs> Finally able to start negating people. But yeah, all right. Unfortunately, out of head-to-head now, but no, we'll finish off strongly. Yeah, it's um, I mean, it's a pretty tough spot to be in at the moment because you either, you've got to juggle trying to finish overall if you're really gutting for overall. And I mean, like I'm wanting to make sure that I'm at least, you know, finishing top 1,000 um, at a minimum. Obviously, I'd like to do a bit better and be top 500, but I've got to be a bit realistic with my trade situation and where I'm at at the moment. Um, but also, you're trying to juggle your head-to-head stuff too because it's like, oh, you might end up, you know, out of your five comps, you're in, you know, three or four of the finals and then that starts to dwindle down week on week and then all of a sudden in a couple of weeks, you might only have one so you can really concentrate on it and go, well, oh, you're going to have to have the decision where you go, well, oh, I need to sort of use this last trade to to negate this head-to-head so I can win it and go to a grand final. But then if I do that, I'm really going to stuff myself for overall. So that all those type of decisions are really going to start coming up now in the next few weeks. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I had a demoralising one on the weekend. I thought, oh, I've got to... I got to get um. I needed to get someone. I can't remember what I, was. I think. It was, I think it was Teddy. I didn't. I didn't have Teddy. I thought oh, I got. To, I got to get him in. I'll straight cap him. But and I'll, I'll, I'll be smart. I'll, stra- I'll straight see him now and negate it. The other bloke will have to have to have will have to loop. I'll, I'll, I'll just be clever. So I traded that Karaz for it because I was sick of waiting for that hundred. <laughs> straight, straight, straight see Teddy. And then it came down. To, it came down to the end of the weekend. And uh, after updates, the uh, the last comp, the last two hundred dollar buy, and I was in the the other blokes are head on head to head. The only way I could sort of catch up to him was pot him. He had Tom Lolo and uh, drink water. I had Tom Lolo and drink water, so I had to take one of them out in order to gain forty points. Like, what do you what do you do? So <laughs> I was desperate. So I thought, all right, I've dropped drink water, and I've and I've had to play um, King from the Dogs. <laughs> It was the only way I could be me head to head. I'm sitting at home going, "This isn't going to work," but I've got no other choice. So, King this King King, King Drinkwater was on zero after 20 minutes. I thought, "Well, actually, be a chance here." <laughs> and so, Jeez, I reckon I would have gone for Lolo. How did, how did you not drop Lolo? Because he was always going to be good for 50 points, and I needed King to outscore him. So, yeah, yeah, if you're going to hope that someone's going to sit on zero and get an injury, mate, it's going to be the bloke that relies on clutch attack with no base. So yeah, that was the cool. reason for it. Ah, so anyway, that, 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 that was a misery. But the, the best part about it was I uh, ended up losing another head-to-head and let one of the mates get into the eight. So. <laughs> What a season. Oh. I had I, I lost by three points on the weekend, which um, absolutely killed me. But it was a weekend where I think I ended up going the straight C on Tedesco. Uh, I just went for it because I didn't want to have the loop problems that I was going to have. And I thought that he was going to be good for sort of that, you know, if it, was a, if it wasn't one of his explosions, I thought he's still going to be good for that 90 plus. And obviously you're not going to be able to loop that 90 to 100 type of score. So I just thought, well, I'd be happy with that as a captaincy, especially lately and especially with the options that were there. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously everybody was like, oh, no, you know, 72 points. Terrible, 
just putting the straight C on him, ended up beating out all of the top captaincy options. Obviously, Cleary got his four, which was awful for owners. Teddy was, I think, something like 15% captain for Tedesco, and Cleary was about 14.5% captain, and they were the top two captains. And then you had uh, Latrell Mitchell, uh, was uh, getting close to double-figured captains on percentages, and he ended up with uh, about 51, 52. And then, obviously, uh, Hines was another one that was sort of fourth or fifth in. He only got in the 60s um, or maybe 70. And then Munster was another popular one who ended up on 68, I think, off the top of my head. So Teddy ended up as the best captaincy option out of the top six. But for that first game of the round... Everyone was spewing the put the straight C on because it didn't look that good. So it goes to show, you know, some of these captaincy scores, I think we've been spoiled in in the last couple of seasons where we've gotten a lot of really big ones um, each round and you sort of missed out on the big one. This was a, a throwback round for Supercoach where we used to have a lot more of these rounds where you used to be happy with the score in the 70s or 80s uh, and sometimes it actually paid off as one of the better ones. Whereas, you know, I think everyone sort of forgot that this round and sort of thought Teddy was going to be the worst one. It's funny, isn't it? Like, Teddy was on pretty much zero for the first 15, 20 minutes or so. He just wasn't getting any support plays, wasn't really having any runs. Um, what's his What's his name? Uh, Munster was on a 55 at sort of the 65, the 60 minute mark, and then ended up basically 10 points higher or 20 points higher for the, for the, for the last sort of quarter when they when those halves generally sort of take advantage of the uh, of the, of the, um, the fatigue. So, mate, it just goes to show any, anything anything can kind of happen, you know? Yeah, and I was pretty disappointed in Munster as well. Like, if I was going to VC Teddy, I was going to see Munster, but the, the Storm just aren't firing at the moment. And against the Warriors, you would have expected a lot more. Um, obviously, there's a Cleary debacle as well where you would have expected a lot more, and we're going to talk about that. So on this episode of the podcast, everyone... We're going to have a strategy chat and that's going to be about what you do with very limited trades at the moment. And also mainly we're going to have a whole large segment that's going to take up the bulk of the podcast, which is going to be, what do you do with your Nathan Cleary trade? And it's not just with your Nathan Cleary trade. Nathan Cleary and Mitchell Moses are both out. So some people have no halfback at all. Uh, so there's going to be multiple options that they're going to be looking at. So we're going to really go through that and that's going to hit the nail on the head for most of the trading targets for market watch for this week on each game. So we're just going to go through the Cleary stuff first of all. After that, we're going to move on to TLT, but it's going to be a quicker TLT because we would have already discussed a lot of the options in the Cleary and Moses strategy chat for that half-pack position for this week, heading into head-to-head finals. And that's the other thing. It's a really important week too because we've got the head-to-head finals starting uh, and also the, the home straight, you know, five games left. And that's not a lot of time to make up ground. So this is a time to really make those final pushes with pods and different moves and things to try and get one up on the crowd because very small sample size left at the moment uh, that you're looking at to see who's going to score the best over the next five weeks. So everyone that's listening for the first time, this is obviously the Supercoach podcast. We drop on a Wednesday after recording TLT on the Tuesday. Talk and footy podcast at the end of the week. That's just all rugby league talk, no Supercoach talk. That is on a Thursday record to drop on Fridays normally. Few people messaged me, quite a few actually, wanting last week's Talking Footy podcast. I'll apologize to everyone. It didn't get out until yesterday. I will make the note though that it did actually get recorded on the Thursday before the kickoff of the round. Uh, we had some massive technical problems where the second half of the podcast actually uh, was terrible sound quality. Couldn't even understand what people were saying in it due to a tech issue. So I had to have most of the weekend trying to sort that out with Perso. 
We finally got there, finally got it published yesterday. So if you missed out on it last week, go jump on it now because it's been up there since yesterday and you can get last week's Talking Footy episode, which was a real spicy one, very controversial, a lot of topics to cover from last week's Rugby League talk. But, Billy, let's go into our super coach strategy discussion for this week. One to two trades left is what a lot of people, are, uh, the boat that a lot of people are in at the moment. So I'll use myself as an example. I've got Nathan Cleary. Thankfully, I don't have Mitchell Moses as well, but I've got Nathan Cleary and I've only got one trade left. So my uh, weekend, one of the things that really ruined my super coach weekend was I did two trades for this round and I sort of thought I'm going to do these two out of the three. And one of them is going to be Munster who I kind of feel I need to have because I was really worried about the Warriors game and knowing Titans were this week. So I sort of thought Munster's a must have. Uh, And the other one was a bit of a luxury, but my problem was that I didn't have a lot of center wing options. And I really like to have at least six center wing options that are all strong so I can rotate them out and have them ready to go for their dead finals. Tupo was a prime buy uh, and I missed out on him the week before because I couldn't fit that extra trade. So uh, I didn't want to miss out on his score last week, which I thought would be good. And it was 71. So it was decent, but obviously it should have probably been a hundred plus after the way he started. Uh, And then, those were the first couple of games of the round. So I got into a point where Cleary got injured. And if I had have done trades for players after Cleary, I certainly would have reversed because I'd much rather have the three trades. Now, those trades didn't look like they needed to be done um, and, and I could do a lot more. Because I've got one trade now, Billy, for me personally, i got Cleary there. And I'm actually going to just hold it at the moment. And my reasoning is because I'm a bit susceptible at front row forward. Um, I'm going to be playing someone that's a pleb if either Tom Malolo or Papa Lee go down. Uh, so that's a real soft spot for me. Um, I'll come undone if one of those guys gets hurt. So I want to keep that trade there just in case I need to trade one of them. Uh, and the other thing too is that it's, you know, if I get rid of that trade and trade Cleary yet, I've actually got cover at half. So I can cover him quite easily with Hines there. So it's one of those things where if I use that trade, even though, you know, Cleary's just sitting there doing nothing, I'm going to leave myself really short in some of those other spots. And at the moment, my 17 is actually very strong. So I'm maybe going to use that trade in the final two weeks of the season, um, or certainly to get into a grand final in a head-to-head if I come up to that point and keep it in my back pocket. Um, So my strategy with my last trade is just that I think if I use it this week, it's a bit of a panic trade um, just because I've got Cleary there and I feel like I need to trade him out when the reality is whoever I bring in, I've got a pretty strong 17 without them anyway. Uh, So, it's going to be one of those things where I think safety is best with this. And you can maybe, you know, ride the bullet and just hope for the best of the last two weeks. But I think with five weeks left, it's a bit hard to leave yourself with zero with the way that Supercoach compared out. Yeah, I'd say the trade, mate. The, at this point in the season, go back to the last sort of three, four, five years. What what always happens, mate, there's injuries, there's restings. So you, you, half the comp pretty much ended up, ended up playing with sort of 14, 15, 16 players in the last two or three rounds of last year. So it's no different this year. The same sort of, sort of thing is going to happen, mate. If you're close enough to, to, to the top and you and you really, and you really sort of, and you absolutely need, need a head-to-head win this week for, for a final or if you need uh, if you need to avoid that sort of 20 or 30-point loss in order to win, win overall, I mean, the leaders sort of off, off and gone. But if you, need, if you need to close the gap, there's no point saving the trade, just burn it. But, yeah, if you're nowhere near the top and you're, you're pretty, it's not an absolute must-win this week for your, for your head-to-head finals, it's... In your sort of situation, you're better off holding it and using it for the uh, for, for the run home when it'll be more valuable, mate. So, I think depth is a key. You did exactly the right thing with 
getting massive depth in the second row and the semi three quarters. I've done the same thing. Like I've got a whole bunch of plebs in the sort of the the, 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 the second row and 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 a, and Nuffy in the, in the first row in the, in the first row in the, in the front row now. <laughs> but uh, but uh, but um, got jewels everywhere. So there's. There's um, jewels, semi three quarters, second row, and, and front row. There's, there's jewels everywhere in order to get coverage if someone goes down. And the semi three quarter has people like you know, Bulatalo um, and you know, Suwali that, that that you can sort of move in and move out based off matchups. So yeah, depth is a key, mate. Yeah, and and I would even say like if you had, if you had two trades left. I still think that you could wait a week and just sort of see what happens um, and save those trades for your, your head, your head to head um, preliminary final and grand final. Um, you know, you, you could do that. And I, I just think that you don't, you're going to have some players at the end of this season or in the last month of every season that is going to be dead players that you can't trade. And that's been happening for years, but especially lately, especially last season, like you said, when everyone was short. So don't, I would just say to people, don't panic trade. Um, if you don't need to, then you can always hold someone like Cleary to see what happens. And if you've got one or two trades, it's probably a smart thing. If you've got three trades, um, like that's go for your life, get rid of Cleary. Um, I probably would try to not burn two. And I've seen some people say, you know, should I burn two trades? Um, and, and one of them's like enough as well. Like, do I, I saw one person want enough out Nathan Cleary as a reserve halfback and put, um, some crappy player Burbo or something like that um, straight up to a big gun like a, a Manu or a Tapani through jewels, and I was sort of like no like you know wasting two of your three last trades and one of them being enough and leaving yourself with one half back and one trade left you're just asking for trouble when you're in an okay spot with the three like I just think that some of those things, some of those moves aren't really needed at this point and I'd also go as far to say you know, I decided that I wasn't going to get Grant because Robson is producing what Grant's, you know, producing. I think that premise as well that teams should probably adopt, you know, you've always got your perfect team at the moment. And some people might have been like, oh, look, there was what this one extra guy I wanted to get. Maybe it's Tappany. You know, I really wanted to get Tappany. He's the only guy I couldn't get on for my perfect team. Now Cleary's out, I can do that. Really ask yourself, I think, Billy, do you need to do that trade this week? And I would be asking yourself every single week, if you've got three trades and under, do I need to be making that trade this week? And if it's two trades or under, you really need to ask yourself that question because a lot of the time, and my Munster one last week is an example, you know, I I would have still answered, yeah, I need to make that trade this week. But in the end of the day, I didn't because he didn't even go well against the Warriors. And if he doesn't fire this week against the Titans, that's probably a trade that I'd rather have back. So I think that there's a lot of teams that are probably panic trading their last ones. Uh, one of the great listeners of the podcast right from the beginning, he's in one of our groups. He had um, a couple of trades that he just threw at the stumps a couple of weeks ago and just went, no, nah, I'm just going to go for it. And he got like Ponga in. And I think he got uh, Tessie New in as well, which is for the um, the pod fullbacks. Um, and then he, he swapped Tessie New around and he ended up um, getting Will Kennedy with his last trade or something like that. Anyway, he's he's coming to this week with zero trades left, and he's got Cleary, and, and he's got Kennedy and Ponga at his fullback spots. So he's now going to be getting an AE every single week for his fullback spot already. And he, his team was pretty well set up, but that's just one of the things that can happen in Supercoach, and it can easily happen in any given week. If this week that just happened now, Billy, was next week, 
when people only have zero or one trade left because they've burnt them this week. Imagine having Moses and Cleary. You're going to be playing every week without a without a halfback. So I just think that really, you know, pump the brakes a little bit. Those teams that are sort of one to three trades really need to think about whether they have to be dumping Cleary this week and, and going for those moves straight away. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know exactly what you mean. Um, I had that moment myself um, yesterday. I've got um, I've got three trades left, and I've got to get rid of Cleary, obviously. Um, so my, my trades got were getting rid of Cleary for Dewey, and I wanted to get rid of um, Ezra Mam for um, for Holmes, given his draw. But then I went and looked at it and thought, you know what? At least be one trade for injuries for the rest of the year. And in order for me to play Holmes, I need to leave. Um, Mulatalo on the bench. I need to leave uh, uh, May on the bench. I need to leave sort of uh, Yeo on the bench. So, what's the point of burning burning a train trade for extra extra sort of depth that might give me an extra sort of twenty points when the bloke all of a sudden has has a, a tough draw sort of coming up? I mean, you might go well, but there's no sort of guarantee. So, for that sort of situation, I look at that and go, look, maybe I'll just get the one the one bloke leave two trades up the sleeve. It depends on your depth and depends where, where you are, but I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, it definitely depends on your team and your, and your depth. I mean, three trades you can easily burn one this week. I will say too that I'm talking a lot of head to head here. Um, if you know, and with head to head, you know, certainly if you're getting towards the middle of a round and you're behind, that's the other reason that you don't want to commit yourself to a trade yet in the matchup because head to head, I think that you should be trading each round now when you need to. Um, so if you're halfway through a round and, and you, you're behind, um, I gave this advice to someone on Twitter just before we started recording, go for your life, get the win because, you know, you, you're a head-to-head player. You need to get your wins. Don't worry about if you've got a second chance next week or whatever because you might have back-to-back losses and be out of the grand final when you finish first. You know, just just go for the win. But you, you're going to kind of know as well, like you might be set on a trade as a head-to-head player and halfway through the head-to-head matchup, you're up by like 300 points and only, you know, one extra player that you played ahead of your opponent. You go, well, I'm home home and hose. We've got the same captain. It's already done and dusted. There's no way I'm going to lose this. Pull back and don't do the trade because there's no reason to because if you're a head-to-head team, you're just trying to win that week. That's your goal right now. So I, I think that's with the head-to-head. But, you know, in saying that, because I've been talking head-to-head, I should mention for Classic, I would look at it a bit differently. And certainly for Classic, if you've got three trades, you know, burn one of them to get Cleary out and get a gun in because for Classic, you've got to be going well every week from now on to sort of hit out the best score possible. Yeah. And just on that strategy thing, there's the only other thing I'll, I'll add, and this is from um, uh, it's common sense, but also personal experience last week. So I mentioned earlier that I sort of uh, got rid of um, Karaz uh, last week. Has, has great potential, good offloading, good tackle bust. That's the reason why I kept him. But dogs just keep going left side. He wasn't going out over the line for you know, one, one try and a blue game. So that's the reason I got rid of him. But in hindsight, if you're looking to, if you've got two or three or four players that you can potentially sort of trade out, a bloke like Karaz, I was never going to play. However, in hindsight, if you're if you've got a guy that's highly volatile, that's scoring sort of fifty and base, that you know playing a weaker team that can score potentially 100, 100 plus and they're playing the last two or three um, game games of the weekend, maybe that's the sort of person that you want to keep keeping your team. Um, so if you're playing head-to-head, worst case scenario, if you need an absolute ridiculous pod to get you out of jail at the last minute, as opposed to, to trading, if you don't have any, you can use someone like that as opposed to what I did. I left, you know, Max King in there, a bloke that's going to score 50 on a good day and 30, 30, 30 on a bad day out. 
I basically just left myself handcuffed. So strategy-wise, maybe leave a couple of the volatile sort of winger, wingers, uh, sorry, outside backs in your team for, for emergency cover. Yeah, 100% agree. So let's move on to the, the halfback talk. So there's teams that have both um, Moses and Cleary. You know, there was a decent amount in the top 100 that actually had Moses and Cleary. But almost everybody has Cleary that's still playing. You know, he's in half of Supercoach teams and the, the amount's a lot higher for those in the top sort of 5,000. I think that the stats were uh, 98% of teams in the top 100. So 98 out of the top 100 teams actually had Cleary. Very few teams do not that are in the top sort of 10,000 even. Perso was one that actually didn't, and that's only because he he traded out Cleary uh, during Origin and was going to trade him back in like this this week, and then he obviously got hurt. So there were some teams that were going to you know burn the two trades to do it. Uh, I wish I did that now, but obviously we digress. Let's talk about the options, Billy. So if you're a Moses and Cleary owner, or just a Cleary owner, you know you need to look at replacements. So what me and Billy are going to go through, there's actually three different sorts of replacements that you can get. There's a straight halfback replacements. And certainly with my team build, like I've got two 5'8 only players. So I have to get a halfback in for Nathan Cleary. Uh, there's a 5'8 replacement. So if you've got an Ezra Mam that's sitting at 5'8, uh, you could move him to halfback as a backup half and put him in Cleary's spot and be able to buy a 5'8 then. So we're going to talk 5'8s as well. And then obviously as well, there's a fullback replacements because you may very well have the man move there and then be able to put a drink water from fullback up to five, eight, which is where I've got drink water at the moment. Um, and doing that opens up a fullback spot. So there's going to be some fullback options as well. So we're going to talk about all of them to give everyone the options. And the first one is the halfback replacements. So I'm just going to say outright, we're not going to go through Heinz too much, but there are still a lot of teams that don't have Heinz. Um, and I, I mean, I shouldn't say a lot. There is some teams at the point here that do not have Heinz. I've had at least half a dozen messages in the last week and Heinz is one of their th- one of their options to do one trade for. Uh, and look, it's 100% Billy for me. Heinz is far and away the best option. Um, I can't believe that teams are sort of, benchmarking Heinz against uh, Munster and DCE were a couple that were talked about. Just to put it in perspective for everyone, Billy, for this season, out of the players that are currently still active and playing, um, so obviously guys like Pappenhausen and Turbo and so forth are out for the season, among others, the guys that are still playing at the moment, Heinz is the number one player on the season. He's averaging 82.2 points for the year. That is number one. Uh, and that is only behind Ryan Pappenhausen as well as far as um, averages. And that's, you know, Paps on 90, but he's obviously out. So Heinz is the best player in the game. So to to try and think that you shouldn't get him to start with for Munster or someone else, I, I don't agree with. But then when you have a look at the fact that the Sharks draw at the moment now for this next five weeks is easily the best out of anyone. If you don't have Nicholas Heinz, he, he's straight in for you, getting straight in. And in fact, if I had two trades left, I would burn one to get Heinz in and um, not even think about it. If you got one left, I wouldn't. But certainly if you got two or, or more, get Heinz straight in for Cleary. I think that's a no-brainer replacement, Billy. Yep. <clears throat> He's, um, I was looking at him earlier today when I was looking for um, uh, player pods, player averages, just looking for difference in numbers when I was doing some research on someone else earlier. And one thing that sort of caught me off guard was I'd, didn't realize he was actually the uh had the second highest average of anyone in the game and if you don't have a look at his numbers he's he's obviously not 
not very exciting with his ceiling like he was at the storm last year. There's no real sort of, apart from one, there's no real sort of massive tons. If you go at the opposite end of the scale, he's got really no, he's got a high floor. He's got three games all year that are actually below 50 points. One of them was versus Panthers. One of them was versus the Storm. Games that, yeah, like if you had depth, you wouldn't play him anyway. And the other one was versus the Knights. So, Pretty much, he, he's going to he's, he's guaranteed to score you over sort of 50, 60 points uh, um, for, for the rest of the year. So, yeah, he's safe for certain houses, mate. Yeah, 100%. And the big thing is, too, with that Sharks draw, and this is something that I think that teams don't take into account enough, and it's something that we're going to mention with a few players coming up. Hines is legitimately a captaincy option every single week now until the end, uh, and that is a really big deal. Um, and he's also a guy that can go big enough to be the vice-captaincy option as well. So it's a no-brainer for him. When we're having a look at uh, other players that you can get, DCE was popular. Um, certainly, I think about three weeks ago, a, a lot of players, were go- a lot of coaches were going DCE. Uh, 642,000. He's in 6% of teams still. He went up from like 1% to 2% ownership by about 4% across a couple of weeks. Um, so he's still a pod. But he is one of the guys that is getting heavily traded in now. He's so DCE is actually the ninth most traded in player at the moment. So certainly teams are going for him uh, that are going to try and replace a halfback at the moment. He's obviously a pod. I think one of the things that I don't like about DCE at the moment, and why I'm going to say I would probably not be going towards him, I don't like. Manly looked terrible last week. Now, obviously, it was a different team. You'd hope that they're going to look better this week, but they do have a bit of controversy around them um, and how that's going to affect the locker room and everything else and how the organisation handled things, which we talked about in the Talk and Footy pod controversially. It's it, I just don't like Manly at the moment, and I don't like how they, they might finish the season, and that's going to affect DC. The last two weeks, he's gone 46 and 31 points. Uh, now, those two scores are his second and third worst, worst scores of the year. So one of the great things about him was he's really consistent for He had nothing sub-50 until around 12 of this year, and he's just thrown up two scores sub-50 in back-to-back weeks, and one of them being an absolute stinker 31 that was actually against the Dragons who you expect him to score well against. So I'm I'm really off TCE as an option, uh, and the, the bad thing is to, that if you get him in, Nobody else is going to be hurt by it if he goes badly because he's only at 6% of teams at the moment. So I'm not just not seeing the upside in him. The counter argument, though, to DCE, though, Billy, is that his draw is actually better than a lot of the other options. Parramatta at Manly this week. Gold Coast Titans, Cronulla Sharks, tough one, and the Raiders and the Bulldogs to finish on. So, you know, three out of those five are non-top eight teams at the moment. And two out of those five are bottom five teams. So you could argue that DC has got the draw to be able to carve up. Um, he's gone pretty well against these sides in the past as well, as far as the, the dogs and the Titans go. I'm against him for the reasons I said, but I can see the appeal with that draw. And it, it wouldn't surprise me with how he can perform in the back third of a season for him just to fire the next five weeks. So he's certainly a replacement you should consider. Yeah, I agree with all that. The reason I'd be sort of steering away from him is if you go and look at it a little bit sort of closer, um, the draw is not the most difficult, like you said, but Eels coming off the uh, the victory versus Panthers and Panthers last week, that's going to that's be tough. Um, so that that's at, at sort of Manly. Then they go away again. Gold Coast is away. Then they've got uh, the back at home again with the Sharks, but then they're away in Canberra, then away versus the Dogs. 
Now, if you go back and look at his last few games, he's played four of, four of his last five games at home at Manly. And all of these big games have been at, at home, 33, 118, 111, and, and uh, last week's sort of 46. Prior to that, he's been pretty consistent. All, all of his scores were pretty ordinary, away from home, away from home, four points, 105, away, 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 rubbish, rubbish, rubbish. So basically, he's been playing well at home and rubbish away. All of a sudden, he's coming into two home games against difficult teams or teams in the top sort of six, and then away games again. I don't like his away game record, and for that, I'm actually going to lay him. I don't want him at all. Yeah, I've got him ranked last out of the four halfback options that are there for us. Um, or actually, yeah, but yeah, probably. I think he's, second last. I should say. I think I think his 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 form is going to dip considerably. I, I just don't like the the way that team is is at the moment. And coming coming off the back of last week and going into away games, I just I I don't unless he was playing four four uh, three, at least three maybe four the next five at home, I'm I'd be keen on him away. No, I just think um, that that arena just adds, adds some significant value for him. Looking at the numbers purely, yeah, I'm I'm off DCE at the moment, so I have to agree with you. Um, the next guy is Hughes, and Hughes is actually the number one most traded player at the moment. So he's only 12% owned, but he's going to go up to 20-something percent ownership very quickly. Uh, so he's no longer going to be anywhere near pod status. He's having a, a, a good season, averaging 68 points a game, but it's five points off his 73 last year. And one of the things that I think is both good for Hughes but also a negative is he's super consistent. So, like... It has been since round six that he's had a sub-50 game and it was 45. And his lowest score of the year is 44. So you're not going to get a dud out of Jerome Hughes. The problem, though, is that he's only going 60-plus 53% of the time. And I certainly think for both head-to-head players and overall players, you want to get some upside. And even though he's got three tons for the year, they're 101, 103, and 108. And he's he's always sort of been like that. He doesn't have... 140, 150 in him. And the way the Storm's playing at the moment, I don't think that they are doing him any favours. Before his 78 on the weekend versus the Warriors, which included a line break try, uh, he had four games in a row in the 50s. 51, 56, 55 and 53. And one of those was a try as well for his 55 points. So, you know, the scores don't hurt you, but they're just not going to do anything for you or I think what you're looking for in this last month. The big thing with it though, Billy is I don't love the last month of the draw for the Storm, but this week, you know, if you're if you're needing to win a head this, head-to-head this week, he might be the number one option because playing in Amy Park versus the Gold Coast Titans, that is the big thing that might make him a winner for now. Um, in the longer term, I don't think he's going to go as well. They then hit, albeit a depleted Penrith side, uh, it is at Penrith that they're playing that one, and then they're playing at Suncorp Stadium versus Brisbane, at home versus the Roosters and away, versus Eels. So after this Titans game, three out of the next four are, are going to be away games and they're playing decent sides in it. All of them are current top eight teams. I love it for this week. And certainly if you just have to get a head-to-head win this week and you're desperate for it, he's probably the number one option. Uh, but for the balance of the season, um, I'm not as big on it as the amount of people that are actually trading in Jerome Hughes at the moment, but he is definitely an option. Yeah, everything you just said there, mate, just times that by two. Um, home game this week, but the draw is horrible. Um, even if he was playing uh, 
a weaker side. He's not the sort of halfback that's going to come out and punch 130, 100, 130. He doesn't kick goals, so he needs to go over the line and have that sort of clutch attack. And when you've got Munster in that same type, in, in that same sort of team, they're splitting that fifth tackle off. He's not going to be the dominant half. So he really needs to play out of his skin. So uh, just that's my two cents adding to what you've already said, which is pretty much common sense. But... Pod option. Adam Reynolds, 5% ownership. Um, no teams are really trading him in much at all. Uh, he has had a career year. He's only 567000 So similar to Jerome Hughes, one of the things that those sort of trades can do for you is one, it leaves you bank for when you need it to, to make a move down the track. Or it also, if you've got sort of a, like four plus trades, which a lot of people still do, allows you to make a big second upgrade with the leftover clearing money with about 140,000 left over. So Adam Reynolds is interesting. He's had a good season at 66 points a game. It's well above what he's done before. Um, and, you know, the last few weeks he's gone well, 74, 94 and 63. It's a bit of a, I think, risk, Billy, if you're going to get him in. And this is probably something that teams should consider. Um, They do have some okay games sprinkled in, but generally um, the Broncos draw isn't phenomenal. Play the Roosters at their CG. It's not a great away game for them. Uh, Then they've got three home games, which is good. Newcastle one's fantastic in round 22. But then they hit the Storm and then they hit Para and they finish off on the Dragons, but that's not going to matter for head-to-head players. So, look, he looks okay on paper. Um, I think that he's going to be solid. He might even outscore a more fancy guy like a DCE or even a Hughes. Got a couple of tons in there at 115 and 100, but generally doesn't score big. I think that the thing with Adam Reynolds, though, that teams should be aware of, I have seen a few looking at him as an option, if you're doing it with limited trades, Adam Reynolds is a guy that could be out. And if he ends up out or, you know, certainly just injured during a game is another thing that can happen. And that's happened, uh, I think, three occasions this year so far. And he has missed another three games through injury already. You can't afford guys like him to be out with five rounds left. And especially if you've got a Moses and a Cleary there and you're only going to bring in one halfback to start with, you know, could really hurt you. So that's something else to consider. He's a left field option, Billy, but I do see some people mentioning him and, uh, you know, he deserves credit. He's had a 66 point season on averages, which is up there with the top halfback replacements at the moment. I'm surprised you actually brought him up. I wasn't looking at him at all, but throw, 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 um, I know you're just sort of throwing up um, options there, but, Support what you said. Um, three of the next five games are pretty much no goes. He wouldn't want to play him. Um, obviously, uh, he took Storm and um, and Eels. Looking at his lifetime average versus those five teams: 57, 60, 42, 61, 57. So fifty-four, not exactly ideal. And his his average versus the Dragons was the worst of a lot, almost uh, next to Storm, fifty-four. Um, I think you need to give him credit that. He's going to be a lot different playing on a dry track in, in, in sort of Brisbane. But I think their must-win sort of attitude um, as well as the the, the three-game run probably gives him some sort of street cred. But starting off at the SCG this week and then going back up there, having one game, but one game versus the Knights before going into the, Eel, before going into the Storm and, and the Eels, mate, I... Not really for me. Like, he doesn't have any massive tons. It's like you said, he's gone all right the last the three weeks, but 74 versus the Tigers, then a 94 and a 63. Yeah, pretty good. But then he's had, what, a 32 versus the Dragons? Like, he doesn't really score well versus bottom ranked teams or, or top ranked teams. Like, it's, I, 
I just don't like him. I'm going to finish off on the halfback replacement options at the halfback position by throwing out a pod. And it's one that I've actually sold myself on as being the best option behind Hines. So I've already said, get Hines. If you don't have him, get him straight away. Far and away the best one. DCE, Hughes, much more fancied. Um, Adam Reynolds is being talked about as a pod more than what this guy is. Sam Walker, he is averaging 59 for the year. I think people are kind of put off by that when they see the averages. Certainly if you do a search, it doesn't look great. Scored a nine-point game in round eight against the Bulldogs, which is an absolute stinker. So good reasons for people to be put off. The last 11 games, so since that nine-point game in round eight, since that game, he's now averaged 67 points a game. The last three rounds, he's gone 59, 88, and 138. And you're talking about guys that have a, a really big ceiling. Um, 138, he's thrown the Dragons. As a rookie, he threw up an 180-point game. So he's got that. He's got the goal-kicking four as well. And the Roosters have looked a lot better lately. They're playing the, the next three games at home, which is pretty underrated because both the Broncos that they've got this week and also the Cowboys the week after are far better at home playing in Queensland. So certainly the Broncos this week on paper seems a bit harder, but they were pretty poor against the Tigers last week. Um, the Cowboys have dropped off a little bit and they aren't in Townsville. That third game is a real big one. And this one is going to be, you know, right before the grand final week to get you into a grand final for head-to-head. The Roosters play at the Sydney Cricket Ground versus the West Tigers. and That's a big one for him. So certainly with the goal kicking and the ceiling and how the Roosters have been going, um, you know, and how consistent he's been, Billy. You know, even before the 59, 88, 138, which, by the way, is a three-round average of 95, he's got a five-round average of 76. And, you know, there's a lot of 50s in there like a Jerome Hughes, but he's also got a, a lot of larger scores in there as well. And he has a goal kicking the fullback on, on a side that's starting to fire a bit. So I understand that I'm probably sounding like I'm overselling Sam Walker. I don't mean to. Um, he certainly can have some bad games coming up. I just like his upside a bit better than a DC or Hughes. And certainly for the next sort of five weeks, um, that's kind of what I'm looking for. And he ticks the box as a goal kicker as well. Yeah, if I was going to pick any, anyone, um, I'd have him over pretty much everyone except for Hines, um, purely because of the the, the, the three-game run at the SCG. Um, Broncos, Cowboys, Tigers. I, I don't like his... His ceiling. I don't like his. I don't like his. I don't like his floor. But given the three game run at home, they're pretty much full strength. They're they're winning some games. Um, he's got some confidence and consistency. <clears throat> I don't hate him. I just like him better than the other options that you presented, apart from um, the Heinz one. And aside from the halfback options, we've obviously got the five eights. Now I'll just say outright, I think. Munster's the number one five eight that you should be going for at the moment. Um, but I'd put him behind Hines. So certainly if you're combining position options, Hines then Munster, I think is what you kind of be looking for. Munster does have that tougher draw because we obviously spoke about Hughes. He still only scored like 68 points on the weekend versus the Warriors. It doesn't look like a great side that they've put out there for this week. But I um, would need to mention too that Munster should be goal kicking without meaning and that should add something to him as well. And you're kind of waiting for one of these bigger Munster games. And I think versus Titans, it's going to be this week at Amy Park. So he's a legit captaincy option this week. I'm rating him probably behind Hines uh, between the halfback and 5'8 options. Uh, where are you on on Munster if you've already got Hines and you can get a 5'8 in? Um, have him second. 
I've got Dewey well above most of them. Dewey's got 20 points a game in tackles. He's got 15 points a game in, in runs. He's got uh, 10 points a game in tackle bus. That's just from his last three game three game sample size. Um, playing playing at six, obviously he was playing different positions. I do realise it's a three game sample size. However, that three game sample size was versus um, uh, Panthers, Storm, and Broncos. So he played a couple of a couple of the most difficult 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 teams in the comp. He's averaged twelve points a game in goals in there, so that that brings into basically 62, 62 points just being on the on the field um, against two of the tougher teams in the comp without having any line breaks, any any line break assists, any tries or any try assists added yet. So he's averaged pretty much pretty well up there the last three weeks, and he's got a very very soft draw. Um, four of the five games over the next five weeks are at, are at home with the Tigers as well, so. I actually rate him to be the highest averaging player in the comp for the to finish the year. Massive call. Um, I'm not going to doubt it though. Also own one percent. Yeah, he's he's actually getting trading pretty heavy at the moment, so he might be seven or eight percent by the time trading finishes for the round. But oh, he's still going to be in pod territory or thereabouts, which is a good thing. Uh, I really like Dewey. You know, I loved him last year. Um, even though it's only a three game sample size, you're looking at Billy. Last year, across the season, he still scored 77 points a game. And even if you think that's an inflated season, you can take 10% off, it's still a 70-point average. So he can certainly do it. Was that, well, that, was that all games, though, or was that just a 5-8? Because if, if it's just 5-8, maybe it's even higher. Yeah, at 5-8 it is, actually. You're right, because he got shafted to centre a few times. So at 5-8, it's probably even higher. Uh, and you're probably looking at... Uh, it being around 85 average, even even that high. And again, take 10% off if you want. It's still going to be 75 plus. So I I really like him. Um, I had him as my second favourite 5'8 behind Munster. I could easily be talked into it, though, that he'll, he'll outscore Munster as the best 5'8 option that you can bring in. The other thing that I add to what you said too, Billy, is that he being a dual 5'8 centre wing is really handy if you're not using your last trade because... It means that he's covering your 5'8 at the moment, but if you're shorting your centre wing and you know it, um, if you have a, a centre wing go down, you can always, instead of being you know locked into having to buy another centre wing to replace that centre wing for that week, you can always end up buying a half instead and be able to move Dewey from 5'8 to your centre wing to cover that and then get a 5'8 in. And that, that's really handy sometimes, especially when you're in finals matchups and you want to match other players with different um, position players maybe in a centre wing that you need to match or something like that. So there's there's some good points with Dewey. Um, He's gone really good the last three weeks. When you look at the draw, two out of the next five, I'd say, premium matchups. But the big thing is that four out of the five for the Tigers, as bad as the Tigers have been for most of the year, four out of the next five are at home. And that's a big deal. Newcastle this week, it's a captaincy option. Uh, The Sharks at home, Sharks are going to be tough for them, but it's a decent... It's a, well, it's a lot easier at home. Um, they do have the Roosters away, which is a bit harder, but then they hit home games versus Dragons, which is a premium matchup again. And that Dragons game in round 24 is going to be the head-to-head grand finals. So that's a fantastic week to have Adam doing this week and that, that grand final week. So I think everyone's sort of, everything's sort of fit in his narrative to make him a really, really good option. bit bold to go him over Munster. But I think that it could pay off for you if you do. Here you go. Firstly, I'm going to say you're a freak. Uh, Adam Dewey's average last year in all games 
uh, at five eight only was eighty five on the dot. <laughs> all memory, boys and girls. All memory. <laughs> I did not. I did not count that at all. Uh, secondly, his average at five eight for the last five games of the year last year, uh, excluding the last game because it was it was shorter minutes. Basically, versus the same five teams that he's playing now, uh, starting with the Broncos, Manly, New Zealand Dogs, and North Queensland, averaged 107 with a low score of 86. With a low score of 80 for the last five games. Boom, Adam Dewey rocketing up the ownership board. It's a uh, it's a great it's a great pick. I, I wish I could get him, and he would be you know as someone who owns Munster and Hines. As much as I like Sam Walker, um, Dewey would be my pick if I could get him in with Jules. So certainly there's a lot of people that own Munster and Hines and you're having a look at what you can do. If you've got Mam there, you can move Mam and put um, put Dewey at 5'8", and, and that would 100% be what I'm doing. And I'm guessing from Billy's Love Fest, it's going to be the same. Um, we do need to mention some other players. Burton was the flavour of the week last week. How quickly times change. Oh, I think everyone was really sold on Burton. I liked him last week, like as one of the best halves buys that you could make um, because he'd had such a consistent season of late where, you know, nine out of his last 10 games, he's sort of gone 70 plus. Then he hit a 45 um, and it, it looked like that he was going to score better than that, but it just didn't happen. Uh, and that was against Newcastle. Now, fast forward, he's coming up against the Cowboys, which is a harder opposition. And then he's going to hit the Warriors, which I don't think enough people are looking towards. But, you know, their draw's not great. Um, and I just think that a lot of people were put off by Burton last week. I still think that he's a, he's a good option. Um, I wouldn't have him over a Dewey or a Munster, though. I think that's got to be your priorities at 5'8". And certainly at, at half, you're looking at a Hines. Billy, it is only one game that he's thrown up a 45. Um, he's still got a 60 average for the year. And really, the last... Um, 12 weeks of footy, it's more like a 72 average. Is he still an option or does one game really throw him out the window? Because last week we were pretty keen on him. A lot of people were keen on him. What about now for the next five rounds for Burton? Um, what was the attraction to him in the first place? Well, before last week, nine out of 10 games was 70 plus. Um, and he'd averaged in the 80s, had 126 point game round 19 and he's goal kicking. So... Yeah, there's there's a lot to like there for his last few months of footy. Yeah, fair enough. Well, I suppose the the numbers are the are the only thing that sort of count. I just don't like him as a player. Like he he's he, he's, a, he's a sort of guy who'll be on sort of you know sort of five ten points and then he'll get frustrated. Then you want to punch the TV and then he'll he'll step close to the line, go through for a line back try kick the goal as opposed to spreading wide. And if, but if he doesn't do it, he scores the 45 so I I don't know I'm just not a massive fan of him yeah I liked him a lot more last week because Adam Dewey was a bit of a lesser known quantity we wanted to see some more football out of him now that he's come through I'd certainly rank him above him I did say last week on the podcast and I'm cognizant of the fact that you went on the pod last week or the week before Billy so I'll mention that drink water I was very hesitant the last couple of weeks of people selling him you know I thought it was really reactive to sell drink water he's been going well for the season he had two poor games in round 18 and 19 of 41 and 36 points and a lot of people sort of saw the 36 points with 65 minutes against the tigers because he got hooked at the end and the hammer went on for the last 15 and people are just trading him out 106 points versus the dragons you know we mentioned on the podcast last week he threw up a 90 i wouldn't be surprised if he hits a ton 
threw up a 90 round 14 against the same opposition. There's 106 for him. And he was absolutely remarkable once again, just like he has been for much of the season. That's his fourth ton of the year, Billy. And we mentioned the Sharks' great draw for Hines. You might have Hines. Who's the next best draw out of the teams that are remaining aside from the Sharks? Well, the Cows have got a pretty good one too. They're going to hit the Bulldogs this week. Then they're going to hit the Roosters and then they're going to hit the Warriors. They do then have Souths and the Panthers, but the Panthers may very well rest a lot of players that last round and aren't going to have their halves back anyway. So all of a sudden, two out of the next three, I think is really key, Billy. Two out of the next three are bottom four teams in the Bulldogs and the Warriors. Those are really big matchups for the Cowboys, really big matchups for Drinkwater. He threw up a 94 against the Warriors already this year. Uh, hasn't played the Bulldogs yet, but I think that he could throw up a big one against them this week as well. So obviously we're more, you know, the more fancied options, uh, the Munsters um, and certainly the Hughes on the training block. You know, a lot of people are bringing in Hughes. A lot of people are bringing in DCE. I still think the Drinky is better than, than DC or Hughes if you've got the jewels. I probably put Dewey ahead of him, but I think it's pretty close. Uh, where are you sitting on drink water, averaging 71 for the year, even with a couple of dud scores and coming off a 106 versus Dragons on the weekend? I think it's even close to Dewey, mate. I think um, uh, I'll play him this weekend and I won't play him most of the Chooks and I'll play him the following week, but I'm only going to be playing two of the next five games. Oh, that's a big call. I'd, I'd play him oh, at least three, if not four, out of the next five. No, nah, not, not, not for me. He's a support player, mate. He, without going over for... He, he doesn't have the, 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 the kick returns, the tackle bus. He's not that sort of player, mate. So unless he gets that line break try or, or the assist in there, he's, he's going to go poorly. So I just don't want that risk in my team. I'd, I'd much rather play May over him, depending on the matchups, of course. Oh, yeah. I've, yeah, oh, there's no way I'd want to play May over him. So we're going to get our disagreement on here because we've got to get a couple. So that's a good one. Um, no way I'd play May over him in any of those games, really, especially at the moment with the Penrith players. But we're going to have a big Penrith talk soon as well when we get to TLT. Um, but, you know, I understand what you're saying because I, I understand falling in love with Adam Dewey. So that's fine. I did it last year and I loved it. So I'm jealous of the ride that you're about to go on. He's a very lovable player in Supercoach and I think he's going to finish off well. I do think drink water is an option, though. If you're not sold on Dewey, or you know, better yet, we've, we've you know neglected the people that have got five, six trades left. If you've got five, six trades left, get in Dewey in your centre wing. Put him in your centre wing and buy one of these other halves. And if you've already got like Hines and Munster and you, you've got two trades, get Dewey in your centre wing and drink water is a very fine 5-8 option. I certainly think you could buy him. One of the things that happened this week as well is that they haven't starting on the wing for at least two weeks while Kyle Feld is out. There's absolutely no chance that Drinkwater can get hooked and play less minutes because the Hammer's already starting on the wing now, not on the bench. Fullback replacements. Now, we've mentioned for 5'8s, you know, Hines and Munster are the top of the litter. For the fullbacks, spot Billy. I, I've just got Teddy at the top. Um, I, I think that, you you know, people have been scrambling to get Teddy in the last few weeks. I think it's warranted. I understand people were disappointed last week with a 72, but 72 is a good score. He's obviously got the 152 and the 99 the two weeks before that. Uh, he's now got a three-round average of 108 and a five-round average of 89. This is quintessential prime Teddy, uh, averaging 79 for the year now, only three points behind Hines, who's the best player in the game. And I think that the next three games at the SCG, he's really going to fire. And I expect him to go well against the Broncos, where his last three Broncos scores... He's got 99, 94, and 176 points. 
loves playing the Brisbane Broncos, absolutely loves it. And he's playing at the SCG. So for me, he's the number one fullback. Like the same with Hines. You know, if you're looking at getting a fullback in for Cleary via Jules and you don't have Teddy, Teddy's the number one fullback for me. Uh, yeah, agree. <clears throat> the, sad, the sad thing is Teddy hasn't even looked that good this year. He's still the, what, the sec- second, third or fourth best player in the comp. Um, the fact that he's playing, uh, what, three games at the SCG back to back to back and, and the, the Broncos numbers that you just threw up there, yeah, 100% in the, in the mix for the captaincy. Um, I'd have, have to look at the rest of the draw to see how, how it will work with the team personally. But um, does he play early in the round or late? So is he a VC option or is he... He's the first game, so he's going to be the yeah. prime VC option. Ah, uh, shit. I've got Nick Karima there still, so no go. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to go straight C again, mate. <laughs> Sorry, Ted. You're done, mate. <laughs> yeah, straight... If you got Nick Karima, anyone? No one except me. Um, yeah, straight C. <laughs> Now, can I just tell you that um, there, there, there'll be yeah. a lot of people that will argue with me about Teddy because I think that some people will say, no, nah, Latrell's overtaken him. And Latrell's had, you know, really good five rounds of footy. He, he did have 52 on the weekend versus Sharks, which was a bit coming down to earth because the four weeks before was 99, 136, 93, 99. Five round average of 96, three round average of 96. He is still killing it, averaging 77 for the year, which is actually five points off what he did last year. Um, I understand people arguing for Latrell over Teddy. I think I'll, I'll use some of the Hughes argument with getting Latrell in. Um, and certainly if you own Teddy, you know, Latrell's, I think, the next best pure fullback option for sure. Uh, and this week, I think, you know, the same as Hughes. Hughes playing the Titans this week. He will fire and go good. Uh, versus the Warriors this week, Latrell could legit go another 136 points like he did against the Dogs. This could be a massive, massive win. It's at home, so it's not over in New Zealand. I would love to have Latrell this week, um, but I think that you've got to look a little bit further ahead, especially if you're overall. And after this week, it's when they hit Parramatta, uh, Penrith and the Cowboys, and Penrith and the Cowboys are both away, and then the Roosters they finish up on. So, you know, it's it's not a great draw after this week, but this week, you know, Latrell could go massive, and he has shown a propensity to still score well. He scored 99 against Parramatta already in round 16, and he's playing them in round 22. So maybe it's not that hard a couple of weeks for them. And then they've got Penrith with players out. Maybe the draw doesn't matter for Souths anymore. I'm of the opinion that, you know, guys like Hines, Munster, Teddy are, are above Latrell. Uh, but I do see an argument for, for Latrell instead. Um, he's lower ownership than Tedesco at the moment. And certainly if you've got Hines, Munster, Teddy, Latrell would be my first trading player. Well, there's my captain this, captain this week. I hadn't looked at the draw yet. <clears throat> but, um, <laughs> big on research, Billy. He doesn't look at the round before he jumps on it, oh, he just goes for it. No, Love no, it. I had, I had a, I've had a, um, I've had a good sort of week at work. I'm not, I'm not absolutely smashed at the moment. And I, um, I, uh, lost long story short. I, um, I've got, a, I've got a race horse. I had my first ever, ever winner today. So down the pub, have a couple of beers and stuff. And so I hadn't even looked at the, uh, Looked at the um, looked at looked at the uh, the form guide yet, but um, um, yeah. So I'll be uh, I'll be captaining Latrell. I'm uh, quietly quietly happy with my team at the moment. Finally, after what what seems like an eternity trying trying to get trying to sort of get it right and chase seven years. Yeah, trying try, <laughs> try to get it right, mate. My, my my team, I think half of it, at least half of it, for this week is under. 
sort of ten percent with quite a few owners of the five percent. So I've got um, I've got I've got Mulatalo, I've got AJ in there. Um, I've got Latrell. Um, um, I'm going to bring in Dewey. So I think there's some really good sort of one percenters I can throw up to the tongue this week. So given my absolutely abysmal season, I'm going to go for the thousand uh, dollars cash this week. <laughs> King Latrell, mate. Go for it. No, I think Latrell, I'm I'm massively scared about not only Latrell this week, and it's very tempting just to look at this week and go, let's just get Latrell in because this this week just looks like an absolute carve up for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Uh, I'm going to mention an out there pod, and it's not really out there because I mentioned him a lot and it's someone that you hate me mentioning. But there's a couple of little caveats because I just want to mention it because there's a few little changes happening over at your Parramatta Eels at the moment, Billy. Um, Gutherson's coming off 88 points for the Panthers. It was obviously a, a little bit of a screwy game because of um, the Nathan Cleary send-off. Uh, Parramatta didn't play well in the second half. Moses is out. Now, they've, la- they've named Arthur in the halves, but there's been rumours that Gutherson has been training at 5'8", uh, and there's, you know, also he's probably going to be goal-kicking. So all of a sudden, you're looking at Gutho getting goal-kicking duties and also potentially playing 5'8", where his base should actually go up, and I expect him to have his hand on the ball a lot more, um, especially without Moses and the fact that Dylan Brown is more of a runner rather than a playmaker. So I... There's no way I would say that Gutherson, even as a pod play, could go over four or five of the other options that are here. But for value, you know, if you want to spend money somewhere else and you just can't spend much, five hundred thirty-five thousand. Um, I certainly think that Gutherson could outscore the second and third tier type of guys. So with that extra responsibility, um, if he is at five eight and he is goal kicking, uh, I certainly think that he could outscore a, a DCE, a Hughes. Um, even a Burton, if Burton goes downhill, you know, some of these guys, I think that he could outscore. Uh, and I think that it, you do always need to look Billy when somebody has um, pretty big changes to their role in a team and certainly getting goal kicking and going into the front line defensively at six and getting your hands on the ball a lot more. Those are big changes for Gutho. Now, I know, I know you don't like talking about him much, but but they should affect his scores positively. Yeah, well, he can't sit back and do nothing anymore. So he's surely going to have sort of 20 tackles in there. Um, <laughs> I, I look, I'm a bit sort of critical of Gutho <laughs> purely purely because he's the prodigal son. I love him. No, you're not. I've never heard that before. Come on. But, but look, I look when, when we when we when we took that that at 101 what three or four years ago, it was because we saw value in a guy moving from wing to fullback um, in a, in a half decent team that was going to be kicking goals. Same thing. We basically got. Go back four years, mate. We've basically got a guy going from uh, a position at fullback now into the halves where he's going to get his hand on the ball more, where he's more of a passer rather than sort of a runner. Um, although he only passes left, <laughs> um, he's going to get he's going to get tackles, more, more chance at tackle, more chance at tackle bust because he's going to be sort of on, on the sort of front line. And if he's if he's kicking goals, which he, which he should be, then you're showing an extra 12, 14 points a game in there. So. Depends on how Moses is out there. Like, I wouldn't be relying on him for the next five games. Moses is probably out for the season until the finals. Yeah, okay. I'd put, I would put him... Uh, so, Munster in front, Dewey in front, Hines in front. I'd have Munster at four. Yeah, I'd certainly have four or five ahead of him pretty easily. Um, but, 
you know, there's going to be teams that own a lot of these players, and that's probably something I should say to close off on this segment. We're mentioning a lot of options, and we're trying to rank them a little bit, but this, we're saying it too because there's going to be teams that own three or four of these players already, so they need to sort of know where the next guy might be coming from. And Gutherson is one of the cheapest options, if not the cheapest out of everybody yeah. that we've mentioned. So Yeah, look, if you can't, if you, if you can't afford... Um... Um, so, someone, someone high price, and you, you get rid of Cleary. You hundred percent bring bring Hines up from four and a half, and bring bring in um, bring in Duffo. Like if that's what you need to do, then do it. But in saying that, there's also the option to bring. Like I'm sure, I'm sure most have sort of Garrick. So there's also the option to bring Garrick down to down to full work, and you, you can bring in a uh, decent centre recorder. There's plenty of options. Yeah, there is. And um, look, we're not going to talk about guys like um, Manu and Holmes, but there are other centering options that you could also look at um, look at as fullbacks as well um, and use those guys. Um, I do think that one of the problems is that with centre wing, it's starting to become a little bit more depleted where you've sort of got, you know, three or four really good options and then sort of not, you know, a little bit dicey options that you've got to put in and out and not play that often. So it kind of... Yeah. I think that you're, I think Gutherson is going to be stronger than the, the fifth center wing that you're going to trade in or the sixth center wing that you're going to trade in, if that makes sense. So you may as well leave Holmes or Manu or whoever, Garrick at center wing and getting Gutherson because he's going to be better than your, your sixth center wing trade in instead. You know what I mean? So that's probably my counter to that a little bit. Let's look at TLT. Before we do, I need to mention the fantastic sponsor of the All Stars podcast in Top Sport. You can go to topsport.com.au and check them out or download the really easy-to-use app. Topsport are 100% Australian-owned betting company as well, so you know that you're dealing with everyone in Australia and they'll take great care of you. They've also often got best odds in market and they also have great odds, not just in sport, but also in racing. I've spoken many times about it, but if you like Supercoach, hit the player performance markets up. It's basically fantasy sports betting and you bet the over and under on points and it's a lot of fun to do. We'll go through some of the odds on some of these try scores, but I'll tell you what, the anytime and first time try score markets, it'll be a challenge for you to find better odds than what Top Sport offer more often than not uh, on all the NRL games. So jump on and have a look. If you're going to create an account, make sure you use a promo code from this podcast. So SC All Stars, all one word, SC All Stars. They'll see the promo code. They'll know you're one of our listeners. They'll take great care of you. But topsport.com.au. Go get on them today. Roosters versus Broncos is the first one. Like I said, everyone, just to um, intro to TLT for this week, it's going to be a quick TLT machine gun approach because we've gone through a lot of the options already in the the trading talk for guys that have lost uh, Moses and Cleary or both. Uh, But Roosters Broncos is the first one. Market watch. um, Look, we've got Suali getting traded out at the moment. I find this a little bit interesting, Billy, because, you know, it's a week where there's a few players out. Uh, I really like the Roosters, the next three at the SCG. And I kind of think that if you've got Sue Ali in at the moment, like, it's, it's you could be disappointed in what he's produced lately. He had a 27 last week, but he had 116 the week before that. And, you know, against the Broncos this week, and certainly against the Tigers in round 23, you know, I think those are both pretty good matchups for him. Um, I... I just don't really get trading trading him. He's not even going to lose any cash if you're worried about that. Um, I guess, you know, certainly some teams are going to need to trade him out. He's getting heavily traded, though. He's one of the top few players getting traded out at the moment. And, you know, basically the top player getting traded out that's not injured 
Uh, I would just say that I would actually be excited to play Suali this week, and I'd be really excited against the Tigers in a couple of weeks. Yeah, it would be. He's um, he's starting to participate more, but like 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 you said, mate, um, Manu back to <laughs> Manu back to right centre. <laughs> oh, a lot more, more, a lot more running there. I think Teddy really needs to get over that right, right side if he's, if he's going to get, get him over the line. Um, I think there's still some concern there. I think the three games at SCG we've mentioned probably three or four times now, so that, that, that's to his advantage. I think um, Walker being in form at the moment, like more likely to get, get the ball over there, there to him. Um, I think he's more of a play option as opposed to a buy, 100%, not a buy for me. But if you if, if you got him, the SCG games, maybe use this one as a sort of feeler, just... See, see how it goes. If it works, play it again. If it works, play it works again, play it again. But if you get a soft one off him this week, I'd probably sort of pull back a bit and reevaluate. Yeah, I just wouldn't be rushing to sell him. If you're if you're rushing to sell him, I'd, I'd think about it a little bit more. Um, captaincy and vice captaincy here. It's it's interesting because Teddy's a name that you should think of straight away. And I think that a lot of the time people are going to think Teddy straight away. But Manu actually outscored him last week. 101 points against Manly versus Teddy 71. So he was a much better option, Manu, last week. In round 18, he scored 191. So all of a sudden, he's got a three-round average of 130, a five-round average of 108. And the 101 was at centre, Billy. So yeah, you know, does he carve up the Broncos again? Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing, mate. He's... um. Whenever he goes to fullback, you captain him. Whenever he goes to five-eight now, you captain him. Now all of a sudden, he's back to... Back to Back to center, it's like he's he just his mind just going, hey, you know what? <laughs> just because I'm over here doesn't mean I uh I ain't gonna run in the ball. He just goes looking for it. He was he was taking the first hit up of the of the game. Yeah, one on one back at center for Manu. It was um a little bit unexpected. He's kept up the base, so his base was forty two, and that was equal to when he played the Dragons and was at five eight forty one in around eighteen. So. Maybe he's going to keep it up. Look, Billy, I, I think that Teddy's due for a big one and he likes playing the Broncos, so I'm going to be on him. But there is an argument just, just to keep rolling with Manu because he's a better informed player at the moment. Yeah, it's probably a good way to go. Um, I don't think I'm going to win the cash this week without Manu, though. He's the one block. Uh, sorry, him, him and Holmes I don't own, but I'll, I'll fix the I'll fix the Holmes, Holmes gap maybe, but his draw started to concern me, but... The top sport bit of the week for this one. Roos is $1.62 on top sport. Really, really like that. I, I like him the SCG versus the Broncos. The Roos didn't look good in the second half last week versus Manly, but the Broncos lost pretty easily to the Tigers as well, so can't forget that. Storm versus Titans. Um, I think that the big one here is when we're looking at other players of interest that we haven't spoken about, Harry Grant still isn't going that well. Um, he, he obviously had a prime matchup, and I, I said last week, look, even though I decided not to, against, not to get him, a few people spoke to me about it. I said, no, no, look, I still think he's really good value. And I said that in the podcast, like a 550K, Harry Grant's great value still. I just I don't have the trades to be able to waste when I've got a, a starting hooker already. He only scored 57 points against the Warriors, and that was oh, with a try. try. Yeah. What's happening to him? Like, I, 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 haven't, I haven't been watching every single game lately, like the, the first. 97% of the season, which I did. Mm. <laughs> so I, 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 I did get to see all the, I was trying to sort of catch up, but I, I was, um, was that with the kids or something? I can't remember. And I remember seeing, um, you know, Grant goes over, over for a try. I'm like, oh, really? It must be on sort of 60 by now. I go have a look. Game's almost over. He's on like 45. Yep. Like, 
What? Yeah. His Blame. base base attack's gone down. I don't think it. No, no, uh, sorry, it's probably not really his base, um, but his base attack's definitely gone down. I don't think he's getting the offloads and the tackle breaks that he normally does. Is he not running and as much? He's not. I don't think he is running as much. And some of it as well is like there's been times where he's playing a bit of a link role. We actually seen outside a hooker at, at half or five eight spot passing it out. Um, so it's. Yeah, it's one of those things where I, I wouldn't be rushing to buy him, even if it's the Titans. Like, he could go well this week, but I think at this point you could probably go without Harry Grant because the Titans uh, because the Titans are a really good matchup. And then after that, the, the Storms matchups aren't that good. Um, and the other guy that's sort of in a similar boat where it's a bit bizarre is Andrew is David Fafita. You know, I got Fafita in thinking he wasn't doing much and still scoring 60 to 70. So, the, you know, the good stuff was going to come. And he went 49 against the Raiders on the weekend. Yeah. And it was a really bad 49, 33 raw base. And just, it, it was two things. Like the Titans weren't getting in the ball, which has always been a problem. But he wasn't, he really wasn't going and looking for anything either. And he kind of looks like he might have given up on the season a little bit, you know, or maybe it was just that game. But it's a big worry playing away against the Storm. You know, if, yeah. is it crazy, Billy, to think about benching him, even though this Storm side looks really not very good when no, he's only winning one out of the last five. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't bench him because he's a, he's a sort of bloke that would. I mean, he'd be playing against the All Star World Team. I mean, he'll be on zero, and then all of a sudden go on one run. It'll be like ten tackle busts and one break try, and all of a sudden he's on fifty two. So you have to play him for that one anomaly. He, he, he's too big, mate. He might be flat footed. He might not be running onto it. But when he when he does get it, he's just going to sh- shove a couple out of the way. And he's only going to get through that line once or get a little offload away. It's it, it basically ends up being twenty points a run for him as soon as he gets through that line. Yeah, look, and I will say that this, in this game, the Storm have got no Faluma on the wing outside of Seve, um, and on the other side they're playing Grant Anderson at centre. Uh, the their edges, especially their right hand side, has looked really bad. Um, but both sides have looked pretty bad and they've got Olam out as well. So I would expect that on Fafita's edge, even if he doesn't get the ball that much there, that when he does get the ball, there's a lot happening against the Storm. Both of those sides of the Storm the last month uh, have been leaking points. So it should be a game where I think that low-key David Fafita might actually fire, which is a bit strange thinking that he might against the Storm, but you know, it's not the same storm side that they're playing this week. They've got a lot of players out and they've missed they're gonna miss Meanie as well. Uh well the top spot bet of the week for this one. Have a look at this. Dollar eleven still for the storm despite everything, minus sixteen and a half points. That is tough. Uh what I'm gonna say is that David Nofaluma is playing in this one for his debut match for the storm. And to score any time, he's a dollar sixty. So that's pretty good for Nofo. Dollar sixty on that storm backline playing the Titans at Amy Park. So I'm just going to go for that anytime. For the captaincy options and vice captaincy options, it is early enough to throw a VC. Munster doesn't seem to be going big enough for the VC. Uh, but I do think that if you're going a VC for a Teddy or a Manu, I do think the Munster's a legit captaincy option in this one versus Titans. And I, I'm considering it myself at the moment. He's going to be goal kicking as well, I should say. Sorry. There's a couple I would prefer over the top of him, even though he's kicking goals. Um, but it certainly does put him from a 70, 70 average to the you know, sort of low mid eighties. Yeah, he's historically he's um, third best score ever is against the Gold Coast Titans, hundred forty one points. So 
I reckon that he could be in for a ton this week. I'm, I'm pretty confident on it because he's both due and also Melbourne need him and it's at home and with the goal kicking. So I, I quite like it. Manly versus Eels. Not a lot to talk about in this one. Um, Manly got their seven players back that were out last week. Um, the Eels are going to be missing, obviously, Mitchell Moses. So that's a big loss. Um, sit and play. I sat Sebo last week. He scored 77 points, which I knew would happen. Um, I'm going to play him this week. I actually really like him as a player versus Manly. Uh, I think they're, they're going to let up some points. And likewise, Sean Lane very quietly after being a little bit of a, a flavour of the week for the buy rounds. Um, he's he's really started to fire again as well. He had a really good week last week, scoring 83 points, and the week before he scored 91, and neither of those are with tries. So all of a sudden he's got a, a three-round average of 78, and he's he's really been firing well most of the year now. Um, so if I owned him, I, I'd really like playing him this week against those manly edges. I think that he's going to be in for a big one. Likewise, for those that have trades, Billy, 65 average for the year and in a second row spot that there isn't a lot of options coming off 83 and 91 the last two weeks. I would actually look at him as a, a potential buy this week as a bit of a strike weapon pod. I really like him versus Manly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, drives me insane that both started, started with him last year because uh, knowing that big, tall, lengthy guy on that sort of edge is going to, at that price, going to do a bit of damage. And Got a bit of potluck, then he goes into a massive hole. Then all of a sudden this year, they run get lanes like he's pressed right, will cover the bias, will uh has a decent draw, might get a couple of scores. Now he won't. All of a sudden, bang, bang, bang. Mate, he's just punching them out at the moment. It's like he's going through that line with ease. Um if you're watching him closely, like he he has games where he's just uh Looks like a really uncoordinated de- uh, decoy runner, and now all of a sudden, <laughs> now all of a sudden, he's actually getting a couple of balls, and he, he's actually looking good. Like he's, he's he's running through the line, he's offloading. Um, he, he's, he's, he actually looks like a actually looks like a top notch just starting edge, edgy at the moment. He does, and I, I think low key, he's probably he might even be getting in the conversation as a, like a, a top three second row forward um, for the run home, and a lot yeah. of people won't be able to get him. So I, I love him this week as a buy if you can afford the trades, um, and Sevo as a player as well. I think your Eels will get there, Billy. Uh, and I'm going to go on top sport and say they shouldn't be underdogs, despite Mitchell Moses being out. Plus one and a half points first Manly for $1.95. I reckon I'll take the line for your boys. I look, I'll, I'll back the boys. I'm not going to put my five bucks on it, but I'll look for it any time, try score or something. But... Tainted Eels fed. <laughs> can't, can't back them for no. the win. Just back them for a one-point uh, loss then, mate. You still take the plus one and a half points on top sport. <laughs> Mate, uh, Papa Lee has been a first try scorer, any time try scorer. I don't know how many times. Um, if I ever do first try scorers, it's generally always the dominant, um, the the dominant winger. So I'll, I'll always take AJ. I'll always take the Sivo, um, or if it's a Chooks, I'll take the I'll take the the, the right winger. This might be one of those games where you have like a you have an anchor in. Um, you know, Sivo in your first try scoring a lift for eight, nine, ten bucks, whatever it is, and you roll into something for a decent return. Yep, I, I agree that Sivo is definitely going over. Um, and I agree that I'm taking the Eels for a plus one and a half, but I think the Eel boys will win. And I think there's a couple of Eels players that are going to have big ones this week. Rabbits Warriors, middle game of the round. Sit play is the big talking point for this one. I own Cody Walker still because I'm able to trade him out. I'm 100% playing Cody Walker this week. Um, scored 70-odd points last week. Looked a lot better. 
playing against the Warriors. He scored 150 points plus against them before. I I really like playing him. Tass is a more interesting one. Like I think Cody's a must play this week and you can argue that you might not play Cody for the rest of the year if you own him aside from backup if you've got an injury, but you're going to play him this week. My celebrate bombs. <laughs> you, I would have liked, I would have sold him if I had more trades. Don't worry about that. But uh, Isaiah Tass is a little bit more interesting. Tass scored 68 points on the weekend, 42 in raw base versus Sharks. Warriors concede the most super coach points to opposing center wings. So this is one where I think, you know, Tass is like my seventh center wing, my emergency backup. But if, if you are looking at him versus some of the more fancy center wings, I reckon he'll outscore a lot of them this week. So he might be a, a bit of a sneaky play this week. Yeah, the fact that he plays the left too adds, adds more value there. Um, you look, Campbell Graham's decent scores was, were all sort of what he was on the But when he was on the left, um, it's a shame time. No one would do anything on that. <laughs> Longer on now, but yeah, like it, it looks like a, a good little player, mate. So um, yeah, if you're going to play him, this, this is the week and the fact that it's on 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 the left edge, where well, obviously Latrell uh, sort of sweeps. Uh, that's where Walker sweeps. AJ is absolutely a form going for sort of try scoring records. So you want to be on the blokes around around that sort of um, that, that record. Yeah, and I need to say, like the, the team that the South Sydney Rabbits are playing this week. Um, they're throwing you and Aitken back at centre. They're playing Wade Egan at six. They're starting Lussick at nine. Um, Bailey Sirenen's coming in to start in 11. Um, Aaron Penney starting at lock. Like, they've just gone all over the place a little bit with this team. And I just I, I just don't I think the South Sydney are going to just carve them up. So I would be trying to play a lot of these guys, which brings us to a couple of interesting buys that aren't happening at the moment. Keon Kolomatangi has quietly had a very good three weeks and he's sort of in that lane category where he could be one of the top few second row forwards because it's a position that hasn't been firing so much. Playing against this Warriors edge, you know, he's just come off a 73-point game versus Sharks, 118 the week before versus the Storm and 74 the week before that against the Dogs. Three-round average of 88, a five-round average of 76. Kolomitangi really had a mid-season slump where he wasn't doing too well, but he's really been firing of late. Um, so certainly a play this week, Billy, for a lot of teams that are going to have to sit a secondary forward. You would not sit Kolomitangi, but I'd put him in a bit of the lane category at the moment. You could buy him at the moment and hope that he keeps striking and has a big finish. But this week in particular, for head-to-head players, he's a massive buy just as a pod buy for the week for your secondary forward against the Warriors. Very, very likely to score a try, I reckon, this week. Yeah, he reminds me of um, Olafuatu, mate. He's he's basically got a, a tackle bus and an eight meter hit up every sort every sort of run, um, offload every every sort of now now and then. But um, yeah, I think the draws you're actually on the cake with him, mate. Cam yeah, Murray's the other guy um, that's um, quietly come back from Origin. He's gone eighty three and sixty nine the last two weeks with sixty one and fifty five base. Um, when we were looking at other sort of informed secondary forwards. He's another one, and he's he's due a try as well at the moment. So against the Warriors, um, yeah, I, I really like him. The Souths have got two really good forwards for this week for buys. I guess the worry is, Billy, if you buy these guys, how are they going to go afterwards? But Murray's obviously got the work ethic. So obviously there's a lot of teams looking at halves, but if you're like downgrading a Nathan Cleary, um, that's going to give you the ability to, you know, go Nathan Cleary to a Sam Walker, you can go someone like a Jed Cartwright up to a Cam Murray at the moment um, pretty easily with the leftover cash. That's that's the sort of moves that I'd be looking at for this week because I reckon these rabbits are going to fire. 
which is why Latrell Mitchell is there as the captaincy talk. So obviously we spoke about his numbers already, Billy. Where are you going to rate him? Because, you know, even though I'm a Roosters fan, I'm almost going to rate him as the best captain option of the round. And in fact, I think I'm just going to do it. Um, I'm going to say that Latrell Mitchell's the number one captaincy option if you own him, which is why I'm super worried not to have him this week. Um, I'm not sure about the number one because, you know, he's lazy. And, um, you know, he's not going to have um, that con- that consistent work rate. So I wouldn't have him too much over Teddy. The reason I'm doing it is because of the pod factor and that's in the draw. Um, I think there's a there's a couple in his category. I'd I'd possibly even have still have um monster over the top of him purely because I know he's going to get the ball every set. Um, and he's got the goal kicking. Um, but for ceiling, I think Latrell's got a bit, got a bit of a, a bit of a bit of a higher ceiling for finishing off. But for consistency, I probably think there's probably a little bit less risk with monster. That's all. Yeah, that's a fair enough call. Um, I really like Latrell for this week um, with the goal kicking because I think that the South Sydney Rabbits are going to put on a lot of points and you'll just get a lot of goal kicks. But top sport bet of the week, minus 17.5 at $1.85. All over, I think the South's absolutely pumped the Warriors. Raiders and Panthers. A lot of people selling May and Kikau. Um, so we're going to have a bit of a market watch chat on this one as the main chat for this game. I understand selling May, Billy. He's been a little bit disappointing the second half of the season, for sure. Uh, I think that the first half he kind of started on fire, uh, was averaging close to 80 at one point, and now he's all the way down to 64 average. Um, he's got 36, 53, 47, and he hasn't actually, he's only actually scored 60-plus once in his last six games, and that was a 65 with a try. Um, I would have no problem you know, with them playing away against the Raiders, then playing the Storm, uh, then Souths. You know, the, it's not the best five weeks. And if they don't have their halves, um, you know, I'm actually going to be sitting May this week. I don't want to play him. And I'm worried about playing him for many of these games. Uh, I've got no issue with selling May. You're pretty much on the same boat with Taylor May, at least. Yeah, well, I'm benching him this week. So um, I, I would love to use him as a, as a leg up to um, Manu or something like that. But I think it's... The cash is long gone for that, so uh, I'll probably just let him rot, mate. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I'm going to leave him as backup, but if you've got the trades to sell someone like May, then by all means, I think it's fine. Kickow, I'm, you know, I, I don't mind selling Kickow. Um, I will say that, like, I'm against the outside backs at the moment of Penrith Billy. I think that the halves being out is going to hurt them, but Kickow, I actually think it's going to help him, um, and I'll explain why. For guys like Kickow, I think they're going to rely on them a lot uh, as senior guys and guys that already get their hands on the ball a lot. I think they're going to have their hands on the ball more. And I think that we've seen in other games, like in round 18, both halves were out against the Tigers. And what you saw was Kikau taking a leadership role and getting the ball a lot more to create things. He ended up scoring 102 points versus the Tigers, including a try, but he also had two try assists. I, I see, we've seen those games two or three times this year with Kikau. I think that it's actually going to help him with the halves being out. So I'm intrigued as a kick-out owner on what he's going to be able to do for this run home with both Cleary and Luai out. So I, I, I would try and hold him if you could, um, just to see what happens at least this week, because I think he can, and I think that he goes well against the Raiders this week. Scored 76 against him in round seven as well already, um, and he hasn't been going too badly when the, the boys have been out in those halves. So don't mind him. Would get rid of um, the outside backs like May. When we're having a talk about those backs, you know, I've already already lifted my hand. I'm going to play kick out. I'm going to bench May. 
Um, I know you mentioned that Targo went great last week, scored 55 in raw base. He hasn't really been doing that other weeks, though. Um, I'm actually pretty worried for all of the backs for the Panthers. Like, I, I would almost bench Targo as well as May. I know that you love him lately and he's been going better. Um, but you know, if I owned them both, I, I'd probably bench him if I had some other better center wings. My one, my one concern is I don't know whether... I don't know how much him moving to the right side had on his hit-ups. Um, every side of the field is different. Um, players kind of sweep, sweep left, they get more opportunity, more opportunity for sort of attacking plays, whereas when players keep their gym, most players are right, are right foot and they're going to they kick across the field. So right side is generally going to get sort of more ball and the kick returns. Um, so it's easier for him to sort of get involved there. Um, look... I, th- I think he's still going to do the, do the same sort of thing. I'm just going to take a punt. The other thing too with him to throw in there is that he scored tries four out of his last six games. Um, I do worry whether he's going to have that type of strike rate with both the halves gone. Yeah, I'm not just saying. Did he... Well, don't recall him scoring one last week. Did, did, no, he didn't. He scored a, He actually had one of his better scores and was without a try, yeah, <laughs> even yeah. though it's only one of the two games and he didn't score one in the last six. Yeah, that's what I like about, about that. I think the work, the work, the work. I think the work rate really went through the roof sort of lot, sort of last week, and it was kind of evident um, that he didn't have any clutch attack. So that's the reason why I want to give him, give him some big sort of props this week. So I think um, May, uh, May, and to a lesser extent, two over basically can be to go over line line in order to replicate or bypass what he's been doing the last sort of game and a half by himself. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, it, it'll be interesting to watch. I, I think. We're going to learn a lot about the Panthers this week for their super coach options going forward. And that's what I say, you know, with people like Kikia, maybe wait and see, because you can always trade him next week if you've got other guys that you can trade instead uh, and sort of see how the Panthers attack actually works with Nathan Cleary gone and, and also Luai gone too. Uh, look, top spot bet of the week for this one. Uh, the Raiders are outsiders at $2.30. I don't mind the pick your own line on this one, given the Raiders a plus seven and a half start at GIO Stadium. And, you know, they still could lose a tight one, which I think they might. But plus seven and a half, he's still going to get $1.58 on that. And I quite like that one. Next game is the Sharks and the Dragons. Uh, I think the big talking point here, Billy, is going to be, you know, there's a couple of these outside backs now that could run rampant against the Dragons who have shown themselves to give up a lot of points lately. Um, Talakai is still heavily owned. 100% I'd be playing him this week. Militalo is a buy, though, not just a play. I actually think that he's the value center wing buy now because we've spoken about how the Sharks' run starts now. And Militalo hasn't been playing well lately. You know, he's, there's no getting around that. He's got a five-round average of 43. But this week is the run that starts, and he's only 440,000. So certainly if you're looking at some upgrades, um, you know, you, if you had like a, a Jed Cartwright in your center wing or a Burbo, you know, you can go the Cleary down route and then do the second trade of going a Burbo to a, a Militalo. And I'd expect that we see the next five weeks Militalo from the start of the season, uh, where we're going to see him ton up in the next five weeks. And certainly this week against the Dragons, I'd expect to try and sort of a 65, 70 plus performance at a minimum. So he's my value buyer this week. Like I know a lot of people have been thinking about, you know, when do I play a Talakai Militalo? I would definitely play them. And, and I'd actually look at um, if I needed a cheap center wing and I had the trades, Militalo, I think would be a good buy this week. Yeah, it's similarly, if you've held him this long, he, he's certainly on the order for back. You put want to put off the bench and into the game this week. If he can't score this week, he's not worth earning at all. Nico Hines, captaincy. 
You know, I, I mentioned that I really like the Trellers, the number one, even above Teddy. Nico's got an argument, mate. Round three in torrential rain away at Wynn Stadium. He scored 124 points versus the Dragons. All of a sudden, I might have to eat my hat on what I said about the earlier options because uh, at home, at the Sharky's home ground, not meant to be any rain versus the Dragons sides. It's pretty much done almost for the season, the way they've been playing. Nico looks like a great C option for the week. Yeah, mate, they should they should have a stat out there for um, averages and wet versus averages, averages and dry and combinations of it. So I think a bloke like that. He'd probably be number one in the wet, I reckon. Yeah. Doesn't matter doesn't matter what surface he plays on, mate. He just seems to be consistent. Like he, he gets that fifth tackle option and just, just puts it in an area. Um, fourth tackle, tackle bus, puts it in an area. Um, nothing flary, just just really quiet bloke that just goes goes about doing his business. And he, you you get to the end of the game, you look at the scores, you're like, how the hell did he end up on that? He didn't create anything. But it's just a gradual build up of tackle tackles, a few tackle busts. All of a sudden, throw a force dropout, uh, force dropout in there, and then a line break assist, and all of a sudden he's up to sixty-five. Then, you know, the, the magic man comes for the seventies. Yeah, and the dragons have conceded to um to halves and and fullbacks a lot this year. Like that's that massive Martin game was against the dragons where he scored his hundred and ninety odd. Um, this is the type of game that that really Hines could do something like that. So I'd be pretty scared if I didn't have the C on him. Um, top spot better the week. Sharks are a dollar thirty. I'm going to take the line minus nine and a half dollar ninety five. Send it on in, but you could go more Latalo at a dollar seventy eight, and I reckon that's really good value for any time as well. Next one, dogs and cowboys. Not a lot happening in this one. Okay, so we're just going to talk about one man, one of the most traded in players that everyone is trying to get at the moment is Nanai, and it's pretty hard because he's now over seven hundred thousand. And at first glance, I sort of thought, you know, ah, uh, it's. Chasing last week's points a bit. Scored 158 points versus the Dragons. Had a look at it a bit more. Since round 11, or really since round 10, he's been killing it. Um, and certainly his averages, five-round average of 97, three-round average of 111. And his last five scores, 158, 104, 70, 77, 75. He's been solid as a bank. He has not scored below 70-plus for six games. Uh, and all of a sudden, he's $708,000. So teams are scrambling, Billy, because two out of the next three games for the Cows are against the Dogs and the Warriors. Is it going overs? You know, is it sort of um, jumping on the end of someone's run? Or do you think that this is a big second-half surge? He just became the Cowboys' number one try-scoring forward for a season with the amount of tries he scored this year. Back-to-back doubles. You know, you sort of think, surely he can't keep it up, but we've seen this before where guys do. And it's worth paying the $708,000 to get him in for the last five games. We've also seen it where someone like Talakai has exploded or guys have been in form and we've paid that money and they've only gone down from there. So which way is it for Nanai, one of the most popular buyers of the week? Yeah, I think the difference with um, Talakai, though, is he had a couple of games where he just absolutely dominated that sweet play on the left. Just, I think it was four, four try or three try game and a couple of try assists, whereas... This bloke is in the ball. Um, he reminds me of um, of the Lulias, mate. But we're, we're, and to a large, to a lesser extent, when he when he, he doesn't seem to have the ball often, but when he gets it, he's aggressive, tackle busting, running hard. Like he just actually looks dangerous with, it, as opposed to uh, you know a, a normal sort of edge edge, pl- edge player like Luki or something or other who just goes about 
doing his job and never even looks like getting through the line. So he's a damaging sort of bloke. But I I think the last sort of four, sort of five or six weeks, the difference is there's a lot more ground play as opposed to aerial. Um, the first half of the season, like he was only dangerous when they were when um, the, I think uh, was it Dean or, or or Townsend, one of them, I can't remember. They kept chipping across in the in goal area, looking for his height under the ball. Um, same thing happened in Origin One to a lesser extent. Origin Two, they they went looking for him at that under that high ball. Now it just seems like they're getting him early ball, early ball, and he's crashing through the line as opposed to going aerial. Um, so I think that's where a lot more of the, uh, the the points are coming from. So if they can keep doing that, 100, percent there's some there. I'm not going to say there's some value there. There's some, there's some points and offer there, but at that price, oh, I think I'd prefer someone else. Yeah, look, I, I, you'd want to make sure that you're stacked up in all the other spots, like all the halves and and fullback options that we spoke about. You'd want to make sure you're stacked with all them. Before he's spending seven hundred thousand on 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 Nanai, um, and like I will say, he, he very well could keep it up. He had things like five offloads on the weekend. His base attack's gone up, which is really impressive and something that we didn't see as much of at the start of the year. But really interesting comparison to finish up on Nanai. Round three, he scored a hundred points against the Broncos. That included three tries. It was coming out party. Round four and five, he's got the same opposition that he has after this week against the Bulldogs with the Roosters and the Warriors. And what he did coming into those games was 37 points and 30 points against the Warriors. And at the time, the Warriors were conceding a lot on the edge still. And he only managed 30 points there in 84 minutes of play. So he does have the downside, which we saw at the start of the year. Maybe he's improved enough as a player where it's not going to happen anymore. But there is a little bit of scariness to jumping on him at 708,000 if you're making other plays to try and get him in and burning trades. I wouldn't want to burn two trades to get Nanai in. If you can burn one and get him in and you've got the trades, oh, mate, that's yeah. fine. Yeah, um, 100%. One, one, one for one, yeah. Two two for one, no. And for him, no. Um, I, I would burn two for one for Manu at this point in time for the season or for Pappy if healthy or if uh, Cleary came back and was healthy and had two or three games he needed. But for him, no. Not... not, not not a second row that's not guaranteed to get you over 75 points, mate. Yep, agree. 100% you're playing all your cows in this one. It's a really good matchup for them. Uh, not so much for the dogs. So obviously there's a few new Burt owners. Um, I'd be a little bit nervous about this one. Top sport bet of the week, all over the Cowboys for it. Um, they're playing $1.31, uh, which you think is actually pretty good value, but you can pull that to minus eight and a half points for a win by 10 plus, and you're going to get $1.72. Perfect odds for them. Tigers and Newcastle is the last one. And this really isn't a great game to finish on. Look, the Knights have got Clemmer out. That's another casualty this week. And it's just another reminder, Billy, on why you need to be careful um, with your trades as much as you can be when you're limited. Because guys like Clemmer are out. You know, if Clemmer was out this week for me, I don't have a backup front row forward that I'd be comfortable playing. So I'd be in trouble. But Really, with this game, Tigers West Knights, it's the last game of the round. Adam Dewey is one of the more popular pod buys. We've already spoken about him a lot. We've spoken about three or four really good captaincy options this round. The Knights are on absolute free fall. The Tigers are a little bit improved. Would you throw it at the stumps and say that you're going to put a C on Adam Dewey this week over you know, guys like Latrell, guys like Munster, guys like Hines, guys like Teddy? It's an absolute C throw at the stumps. Absolute pod throw at the stumps. Are you going to do it as a new owner? 
Um, do we? Yep. There you go. He, he, that's how sold Billy is on it. Look, I, I reckon he's a good chance it. of turning up. It's at Campbelltown Stadium as well. So I'll ride that one with you. Yeah. VC Luttrell and all into Dewey, but um, he'd um, Luttrell would want to have to go absolutely massive for it to Trump Dewey and Nickarim AE. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful set up perfectly. Uh, yeah. All in on Adam Dewey. He's paying $2.88 yeah. on Top Sport um, if you want a little bit of value for any time try, but $1.50 straight up for the Tigers to win. Um, I like that one on topsport.com.au. That ends the round on a Bit of a barn burner. Not really. It's a pretty terrible game for the round of finish on. But Billy, that's the podcast, mate. Thanks for jumping on board. I think everyone loved to hear about your Adam Dewey love fest, which was me a year ago. And now you're coming around to it. So it's good, mate. Better late than never. Riding coattails, mate. Riding coattails. (laughs) Cheers, mate. If you want to listen to the podcast, you can find it everywhere. But certainly follow on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, Audible. You can see it everywhere. Uh, also follow us on Twitter, NRL underscore SC underscore All Stars, and jump on Top Sport. Give them a punt, but do it with a promo code when you create your account of SC All Stars. They need to know you're one of our listeners, so they need to know that you've got to get taken real good care of when you start betting with Top Sport. Good luck with this week. We only have five rounds of games left for Super Coach, only four rounds of games that are going to count for head to head players. Good luck with your decisions. Don't panic with your trades. Can't wait to chat to everyone again next week. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on, 